This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Who came forward and came together to get this man into custody. That's Christian Tabak, Columbia Police Department, regarding that woman being, woman, kid, 24 years old, pushed off uh, a bridge at 63 by Clark Lane the other night. Brian Halsworth in a courtroom yesterday learning some more of the details, what witnesses saw. Like, these couple was walking down 63, and the dude was literally, apparently, according to eyewitness accounts, trying to pick this young child, young child, 24 years old, trying to pick this woman up and throw her over the bridge. It is disturbing. Yes. It is also disturbing because it's highlighting several problems that all are rooted in progressivism. Uh, Columbia is becoming a bastion for homelessness. Like, it is being marketed, I kid you not, in homeless communities. I'm not making this up. Uh, these these homeless folks, they're in other parts of the state. Hey, we've heard Columbia's got all the good stuff, and they're getting ready to take Brian Houseworth and Stephanie Bell and Brandon Rather and John Marsh's and producer Hannah's tax money and go give it uh, to them and build them a shelter and feed them every day. They're going to take their tax dollars and do that. And these homeless people, man, they're grabbing their backpacks and they're hightailing it down 70, up 63, and they're coming to Columbia. Columbia and the city is going full board us. That's a problem. And then although we do, and I want to be careful on this next part because we don't know the full story. We do know that this guy had previously served time in prison for a pretty heinous crime. Went to a dude, homeless dude's tent, stabbed him, hit him with a paint gun. Then when he was sitting in the Boone County Jail, attacked a guard there. Yes. And as you heard Christian Tabak from the Columbia Police Department say, uh, the guy had been released from prison last month, just back in uh, back in August. So lenient sentences, things like that. And again, we don't know all the stories. Did he plead down? He did. He served what four years, four and a half years. <clears throat> he would have gotten credit. I did check with Karen Pozeman. Uh He would have gotten credit, and I have the notes in, in the other room. I'll get you. The, let's say it was three hundred and forty-five days. It was just yeah. under a year. So basically, he served four years of a seven-year sentence. He was paroled, but probably, and again, I'm not an attorney, that looks to me like right at the mark of conditional release. Mm -hmm. So it looks yeah. to me like DOC kept him as long as they could just because the fact that Missouri is a, con a conditional release state. What, we, what I'm baffled is how did that end up as a second degree assault? The homeless attack, that, right. that's baffling. And we've heard numerous stories nationwide. You can pick the easy targets, San Francisco, Seattle, New York, Philadelphia, and these these people, Garcetti in Los Angeles, just go easy on criminals, let them back out. They get back out, not all of them, a lot of them, they get back out and they commit crimes and they murder people. What do we do? Do we contact our state legislators, find out, hey, where are we in Missouri on some of this stuff? We know we're ruby red, but are we are we battening down the hatches and all this progressive stuff? Want to bring in State Representative Cherie Tolshin Rice, uh, represents kind of northeastern portions of Boone County and above that. Uh, welcome to the show. Glad you're here. And I think some un unique perspective. Cherie Tolson Rice has spent her time actually trying to free people from prison. Uh, Demetrius Woods, who's been on our show several times. This guy is an incredible story. This guy is like the bastion of, mm -hmm. hey, man, I was selling drugs. I went to prison. And now I'm out on the streets of Columbia. This guy owns three local businesses. He is now a vendor at Mizzou basketball games. He goes into schools and talks to kids. This guy back in the 90s, if you wanted Coke in Columbia, it, you, you went to this dude. Went to prison. Cherie Tolson helped to get this guy out of prison. He's a lovely, lovely human being. So, Shree, uh, yes. where are we as, as far as 
leniency on sentences and things like that. How do we stack up against, for example, the progressive states? Well, thank you, Brandon, for having me this morning. There's nothing uh, better than waking up and seeing a text from you bright and early in the morning. Uh, and so I always agree to come on, but I first have to have my three cups of coffee first. So, um, you know, the thing is, um, there's not one good answer. Mm -hmm. The, the people that I have helped uh, were nonviolent, and that is yep. not the case here with the woman that was killed uh, or the homeless man. Those were violent crimes, and I draw the line, and that is a huge, huge difference. Um, I wanted to pre-warn you. I'm out on the road this morning. If my cell service cuts in and out, I'm driving. But so when I when I look into a case. You know, what is the crime? I don't touch anything that's a violent crime. We are a nation of laws. We, we would have anarchy. And we know criminals don't follow laws. So it, it's a real fine line between um, the judicial system, uh, prosecutors, on and on. And it's just um, somehow this guy, I think, uh, was let out soon, but maybe they just had to follow what the Missouri law was at the time. Representative, we appreciate you, and you've you've studied this issue. You know it. I I know you've talked about it, and I I think what you're uh, obviously clarifying is the difference between violent and nonviolent. Because you've helped other people too to have you've you've appealed on on their behalf to the governor, people who are nonviolent, and I think that's very important to note because in this case, Williams uh, is. Uh, I mean, the the record speaks for itself. This is a violent. Let's go back to this attack. In 2018, this comes straight from the Columbia Police Department's probable cause statement. According to them, he go he went into this homeless man, 73-year-old homeless man's tent, attacked him, stabbed him repeatedly, and also shot him with a paintball gun. And it was it was a guilty plea based on court records. I wasn't here then. I was at Missouri Knit, so I wasn't in the courtroom. But it was a guilty plea. He ends up getting seven years, but DOC kept him apparently as long as they could. He got four years, let's say, out of a seven-year sentence. Does the conditional release law need to be changed, Representative? Yeah, look at, um, you know, I, I see uh, uh, what happens is a lot of times prosecutors are overworked and understaffed. Uh, a lot of times things are pled down to a lesser charge. And I, I want to reiterate, you know, I, I have nothing but respect for our law enforcement and the hard jobs that they have. And they are understaffed and overworked, especially in Columbia, with a lot of the violent crimes that are going on in our community. But, you know, I think most cases need to be looked at a case-by-case -case basis. But it doesn't mean laws don't need to be changed or tweaked or made better. Shri uh, Tolshan Rice, State Rep. Jenny, joining us here this morning on Wake Up Mid Missouri on 93.9 The Eagle and News Radio 104.5 KWOS 950. It's interesting as I listen to you talk, police, um, uh, you know, underfunded, don't have enough uh, uh, people uh, working, uh, light sentences, people come out and recom recommit crimes. And all of these stem really from progressive politicians. Now, we didn't defund police in any mid-Missouri that I can think of, but they're having a hard time getting people because progressives and national news outlets lambasted, lambasted law enforcement officers, sometimes rightfully so, but not every time, and they didn't correct the story when they got it wrong. Leniency on a prosecutorial level, that's a progressive thing. We're in these problems. All these problems come from these um, 
come from these uh, progressives. Now, his previous crime occurred at a at a homeless camp, and this appears to be he was, I think, involved in the homeless camp near where the incident occurred here. I know in the last session, the state legislature passed a bill trying to address homelessness. Um, is there anything on the state level? You know, Columbia, it's a, it's a constant discussion, but is there anything on the state level that, that we can do to try to address some of these issues? So we did... Uh pass a law the governor signed that um, homeless camps cannot be on state property and part of that is uh, they're camping under bridges and they started a fire up in Kansas City and actually damaged a bridge um, and and so this this is a safety issue for the general public also uh, state representative Sheree Tolson Reich hanging out with us here on the show as it relates to sentencing guidelines and length of time that people when they serve their sentences anything else that you would like to add to this well you know um i hate to say you know don't do the crime if you can't do the time but um i think every case is unique and, and circumstances but uh, when I see nationwide, uh, people with violent crimes are being let out of jail with posting no bond. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a serious problem. And I know there are some local efforts underway, not to change the law, but which, you know, uh, I don't have any qualms with. But there's some folks in Columbia, they've got like this little group and they collect money and they'll use that to bail when somebody gets into jail. They'll uh, bail them out. Uh, I will look forward to seeing you tonight. Boone County Chili Supper. You uh, you'll be there. I guess one of the featured speakers. Who else is going to be hanging out with us? Do you know? Well, so we've got uh, John Martin, Dustin Stanton, uh, Connie Leppard, Shimon Jones, and uh, we may have some surprises. We may have a lot of fun, good food, and encourage people to come out and enjoy the evening. And tickets are still available. Just you go search uh, Boone County uh, Pachyderm uh, Chili Supper, and this is a way to kind of get involved. We're talking about getting involved. You don't necessarily have to go and campaign for folks or donate money, but to get involved, there's well over 100 people at this event every single year, people that are probably like-minded, and it's a good opportunity for you to come in and meet some of these folks and meet some of these office holders, by the way. You need to meet people like Cherie Tolson-Reich and hold her feet to the fire on <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Or, or any That's of these right. people that are running for office. You talk about Dustin Stanton, county office holder in Boone County. Shimon Jones, who is running for office. John Martin, who is running for state rep. Talk to You can talk to these candidates. You don't have to rely on radio interviews here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri or reading about them. I highly encourage people to go and meet these people. Sheree Tolson-Reich, we will see you tonight. Thank you for, what, thank uh, you. Thank you for your time this morning here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I think what um, what stands out to me about what she said there, uh, it's a little bit of a sidebar issue, but I'm glad you brought it up about the law, uh, Stephanie and Brandon, about the homeless camps. That's specifically uh, talking about state property. I was not aware about the homeless setting a fire under a bridge in Kansas City. It's the first I've heard of that. But I do want to clarify one thing to the best of my well, I I know this um, at least under where the where her the the lady was thrown off. Right in that area, and I'm not sure further down, but right in that area, that is definitely not state property. So there's no state law against them having a camp there. I also think, to be fair, we should also point out, and I said this in the 6 o'clock hour, no other people in this homeless camp are accused of doing anything wrong in this case. In fact, one of them is a key witness who helped identify the suspect. I do think that's very important. I'm not going to elaborate on, on anything more on him because we want to protect his identity. But it's one person in the, in the camp. It's the main suspect, and the key question is now, 
will I think the key question at this point for Roger Johnson, will you seek the death penalty? At some point, he's going to have to make a decision. It's very early because this is uh, there's a lot of interest in this case. Yeah, not all homeless people are uh, are bad. Right. Uh, just dudes who push chicks off bridges. DeSantis yesterday, Florida, Joe Biden in Florida yesterday. So it's DeSantis, the guy who's going to beat him for the presidency in 2024, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he, Joe Biden's in Florida talking about uh, relief and all that. And I love it. If you're watching on our YouTube channel, Wake Up Mid-Missouri, because I have some audio. And Stephanie's already, she's pulling I'm up. ready. She's pulling up to the table, man. She's got a knife in one hand, a fork in the other, ready to uh, devour, devour this. How... How did it go? Thankful that they have so many people that are there supporting. And that's really, you only get there if it's a team effort. So, Mr. President, welcome to Florida. We appreciate uh, working together across various levels of government. And the floor is yours. Is it okay to applaud, Ron? Yeah, yeah, go ahead and applaud. And when he first got out of the SUV, when Joe did, they went there's uh, some video, like three or four minutes, just hanging out and... Uh, chatting. It's classy. And you know, like, if you really are challenged by someone, that's when you see people kind of go at loggerheads. You know, Trump would really get after people that he that he thought was challenging him. But when you know you're just, like, better than someone, you can just, like, be so kind because you're like, you're I'm not even worried about you, dude. And so he's like, hey, come on down. I'll introduce you. We'll play nice because, like, you're not even on my level. Or I liken it to sports. I mean, uh, you know, people, uh, defensive linebackers, they'll get out there and try to kill Patrick Mahomes for 60 minutes a game. And then after the game, hey, Patrick, I'll even swat him on the butt, maybe. Budding bromance uh, between those two. Uh, Hannah, what do you got for what's hot with Hannah today? Well, if you have daughters, today's the day that you need to pay attention. It's an important national holiday. Important national holiday if you have daughters. We'll do that. And then in honor of the budding bromance between Ron DeSantis and Joe Biden. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. 2725-ish, which means it's... It's 727. Time for What's Hot with Hannah. You know, Stephanie, you have two daughters. I do. I am a daughter. So today is a very important holiday for the both of us. Mm. Today, October 6th, is National Transfer Money to Your Daughter Day. (laughs) (laughs) Did you just make that up, Hannah? I did not. (laughs) So I saw a Facebook post about it this morning, and I really figured it was just a funny meme, kind of. But I looked it up, and it's an actual national holiday. Did you I, put in? Uh, did you put in a request to Amy? Well, I tagged my mom Amy and dad. Amy is Anna's mom. I tagged my mom and dad in the post on Facebook, and uh, I haven't heard anything back. My dad liked the post, so I know he saw it. I know my parents listen, and we're supposed to go to lunch today, so I guess lunch is on you today, Mom and Dad. Fish bump, bud. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, National Daughter's Day. I have an update. To- no, no, no. National Transfer Money to oh, Your Daughter Day. Transfer yeah. Money to Your Daughter's Day. Uh, one of the things you did earlier this week, what's hot with Hannah, following Monday Night Football, dude ran onto the field, dude and his girlfriend, dude got onto the field and got hammered, got smoked by uh, a, a, a Rams uh, defensive back, I think. Two of them. Two of them. Got pummeled, uh, the guy. And they were wearing shirts that said righttorescue.com. Of course, now everybody, what? what's that? What's that? Guess who got onto righttorescue.com? You. Yeah. Oh, sheesh. Uh, it's an animal. Uh, they're against factory animals. <clears throat> Anyhow, the dude that got tackled got turf burn on his face. He got squished so hard. <laughs> Good. He's filing a police report against the Rams players who tackled him. You're kidding. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> what did he think security was going to do when they finally caught him? 
I mean, he was going to get tackled eventually. Uh, what I kind of thought was interesting, after the Rams player, he comes right off the sideline and tackles a dude. And he's it's almost like he's in the middle of a game. He doesn't gloat a whole lot, but he does kind of like, eh, gotcha. You know? It's pretty awesome. Uh, and then there was another story, another update to one of the stories that you had this week on what's hot with Hannah. And I don't remember what it was. Coming up, 735. I really don't. What was two of us. McDonald's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One of our listeners sent us uh, what would be in that McDonald's adult Happy Meal. It's and horrifying. It's like a McDonald's, but it's a Ken doll. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Could she be entitled to, uh, to, to get an abortion? You know, I, it... It would be really wonderful if, if uh, abortion was rare and legal. The way they said it. Uh-oh. That's a Republican. Rare and legal. Carrie Lake, who's running for governor of Arizona. In an interview on radio station in Phoenix, uh, KTAR 92.3 FM's The Mike Broomhead Show. I don't know if that's the dude's real name. Broomhead. Mm. Like the name. Uh, he asked her, and she says, uh, uh, safe and legal. And right away, well, hold up, hold up. Now, not until the interview was over, but it shows you how touchy of an issue this is, especially for uh, the conservatives. When I think, I'll go back, I think the reality is most people are not that passionate about abortion itself. They're passionate about it as a campaign topic. Uh, and I'll present that as another piece of evidence to back up my uh, my take on that. She's having to clean that up. Herschel uh, Walker and the abortion thing there. And if Herschel Walker would have just come out and said, yeah, I did that. Uh, I think it would be a whole lot more respect maybe. a bit. Not that he had a great chance to possibly win that Senate seat in Georgia anyway, but maybe he'd have a better chance if he came out and said, yeah, um, I, I did it. I want to ask, what's a libertarian take on this? We know the far left, far right, Dems, Republicans. We know what their take is on things. I want to bring in Jonathan Dine here on to Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Stephanie Bell, producer Hannah, John Marsh, Brian Houseworth. I am Brandon Rathard, and Jonathan Dine is a libertarian candidate for the United United States Senate running against Eric Schmidt, Trudy Bush Valentine. Jonathan, as uh, welcome into the show. As a libertarian, what is your take on abortion? Well, you know, I do believe uh, abortion is kind of one of those wedge issues that's used to kind of polarize the left and the right. Um, you know, I think people have good faith uh, issues on both sides. You know, as a libertarian, I believe that the government should be kept out of the matter. You know, it should be uh, between the person and their doctor. You know, I've, I've said before that I'm, uh, I'm pro-choice in all things. You know, people should have the freedom to do these things, you know, without re reprisal of government incarceration. Or, You know, it's just, uh, to me, it's a freedom issue. If, if you're not free to make, choose irresponsibly, are you really free at all? So for folks that are newer to talk radio, we have an influx, Jonathan. We're incredibly proud of what we've been able to accomplish here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri and Columbia and Jefferson City and the Lake Region and then north of Columbia. Uh, we're incredibly proud. We've got hundreds of thousands of regretful Biden voters that have been checking out Wake Up Mid-Missouri, like trying to figure things out. So we try to explain things in the simplistic terms, how these things affect you. And part of that, okay, what is a libertarian? By the way, Gary Nolan, uh, card-carrying member of the Libertarian Party. Next time you see him, ask him to take his Libertarian card out of his uh, wallet. Heard Jennifer Bukowski do it once. It was hilarious. Uh, he's he's here 9 to noon. Incredible, incredible show. Staunch Libertarian. So let's start here. What makes, as a whole, Jonathan, what makes 
you different from, let's say, Eric Schmidt? What makes you different from a Republican? Well, um, if you were to paint with a broad brush, um, libertarians are socially uh, tolerant and we're fiscally conservative. We basically want the government to stay out of people's personal lives and we also want the government to stay out of your wallet. We'd like it to be a good steward of your tax dollars. But on the flip side, we'd also want it to, you people to be able to make decisions for themselves uh, in their personal lives without you, you know being incarcerated, say for marijuana use or something like that. You know, it's uh, it's really I feel like we encompass some of the best values from both parties without a little bit of the uh, extremism that you find on the left and the right. At what point did you decide that you were a libertarian, and is there like a particular person that you look up to in the libertarian movement? You know. Um, it's, uh, I, I probably thought I was a libertarian early in high school, um, just kind of watching, paying attention to politics. I didn't find somebody who uh, encompassed all of my views. Um, probably the best person to, to highlight as a good libertarian would be uh, Justin Amash. He was a Republican congressman in Michigan, and uh, he was one of the few who was very uh, outspoken on uh, fiscal issues constitution gun rights but then also on social issues giving people the, the freedom over their their lives now in missouri um you know have you seen like a rise in folks identifying as libertarians i i'm pretty involved in republican stuff we got meetings a lot do you do you i, I know noticed i think there's a libertarian candidate for auditor so are you meeting regularly and have you seen an increase in membership so there is definitely an increase in influx in, in uh, the Libertarian membership. A few years back, we might have gotten, you know, maybe one or two new members a month at the state level. And now it's not uncommon to get four to five new members a week. So there's definitely more people out there looking for an alternative to the, the two-party system. Um, you know, it's just a, it's an uphill battle, you know, even with, um, you know, the debates where they're usually Libertarians are not included in the debates or included in the polling which is usually used as the criteria to in include in the debate. Um, I was chatting with a guy, and by the way, the two-party system, man, my ears perked up. I mean, I'm listening to you anyway, Jonathan, but you said that, and my ears really perked up Tuesday as helping somebody move, chatting with a guy who's about 32. Uh, he was a legislative aide in Jefferson City and also was a legislative uh, aide in Michigan, and one of his ideas, even on the ballot, say, okay, beside the two-party system, what if you walked into a polling place, you're walking in, you're going to vote, you're in Cole County, it's November the 8th, and what if we opened up the ballot and looked at it, and there's the name Jonathan Dine, Eric Schmidt, Trudy Bush Valentine, Paul Van Abel, and there's no letters, no R's mm -hmm. or D's behind anybody's names, no L's, no C for constitutional party. What's your take? I kind of thought just an interesting concept. If I've done my homework, I know who I'm voting for, it doesn't matter the letter. I'm talking on the ballot talking on the right. ballot. I thought that's quite interesting concept. What's your take on that? You know, I think that's a pretty good concept. Like most Americans, I'm tired of the constant fighting between the Republicans and Democrats. I feel like beating the other team has now become more important than finding solutions to America's problems. One team could come up with a good idea trying to balance the budget or something, and the other team will hate it just because the other team came up with it. So it, yeah. it creates a bunch yeah. of hostility. Well, all right. Uh, our guest, Jonathan Dine, Libertarian candidate for U.S. Senate. That's seat currently held by Roy Blunt. He's joining us this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Jonathan, I remember your line from a number of years ago when you were involved in that debate in, a, in another Senate race when you said you promised to keep Republicans out of the bedroom and 
Democrats out of your wallet. Amendment three on Missouri's ballot. You come you come at it from knowing knowing that whole side of it. Where, where do you come down on that amendment as it stands? Uh, you know, I actually support this amendment. Um, there's a lot of people on the Libertarian uh, Party in particular who are against it. They don't think it's good enough or goes far enough. But if we're moving the ball in the right direction, I'm okay with that. Uh, me personally, I was sentenced to prison for marijuana possession. It wasn't even my marijuana. I had called the police because someone broke into my house. But when they got there, they found some pot in my my roommate's room and decided to charge us with it and not the guy who broke into the house. So if if this Amendment 3 could help other people not suffer the same fate of being locked into a prison cage, put into a jail system which, uh, you know, is overcrowded, like you guys were talking about earlier this morning, half of the people in prison are there for nonviolent drug offenses. It's clogging police resources, courts, jails which could be used for fighting violent crime and real criminals. Years ago, I walked into a courtroom in Idaho, flew from Florida out to Idaho. My kid got into a little bit of legal trouble. He's good now, owns his home business. Remarkable kid, beautiful family. And I walked into this courtroom uh, and was stunned. This courtroom, and there was kids, you know, 18 to 22 years old. This courtroom packed with kids, every single one of them caught with a little bit of weed. Now, I didn't go, well, see, then we just need to legalize it. I wasn't making excuses for my kid, but I was shocked, shocked at this. Uh, and we could get into a whole different conversation regarding Amendment 3, the legalized weed here in Missouri. My opinion on that, by the way, has been evolving. I haven't changed my mind. I haven't backtracked. I'm evolving a little bit as I learn more about this. I don't care. You want to smoke weed, smoke weed. I'm like you in that point. It's not my business. You go right ahead. I don't uh, partake in the stuff anymore. So I think there's enough weird stuff in this. The end game is legalized marijuana. But right. there's just enough other stuff in this bill that I'm like, man, I uh, I don't know. As a matter of fact, we're in the process of trying to find more. That's another conversation because there's some other things I want to uh, get to. How long were you in prison for? I was sentenced to three years in prison. I actually wanted to take it to trial, but uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the trial system in America. You know, you're supposed to have a constitutional right to a jury trial. Uh, unfortunately, when you try to exercise that right, the prosecution will usually come at you and say, well, if you get found guilty in trial, we're going to give you seven years. So I was deciding whether I should try to do the seven years because uh, I, I wanted to fight for my innocence. But then in, in, in Missouri, you have to do 15% of your time when you get uh, put in prison for the first time. So by the time I would have actually even gone to trial and all that, I would have already uh, passed the, the 15% threshold. Man, Jonathan Don, uh, Libertarian candidate, U.S. Senate, seat currently held by Blunt. Did you, um, what was prison like? I hate to, I know you get asked that a million well, well, times. You know, it's uh, it's an interesting experience. Um, you know, when you're when you're sent in there, um, it's kind of like you're in the Thunderdome. It's just a bunch of uh, knuckleheads. You know, you're it's uh, you gotta keep. You know, I, I basically worked out all the time. I came out shining like new money. Um, you know, I was in great shape. I was uh, focused and concentrated. You know, and I immediately got started on my personal training business. But you know, um, I don't think as many other people are as lucky as me, or you know, have the same kind of experience. But it's something that, um, you know, I don't think people should be put in there for vices. Yeah. You know, I don't believe vices are crimes. Yeah. So um, I believe that when you were sitting in, what prison did you serve in? 
Uh, so I went to Boonville. Boonville, okay, yeah. Well, yeah. so you lived here for a little while. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I appreciate your sense yeah. of humor. I want to ask you this, though, because I also very much appreciate a comeback story. I appreciate a story of somebody that's gone through the stuff, uh, but then they're able to turn their lives around. Much respect for that. When you were in prison for three years here in mid-Missouri, did you ever once sit there and while Thunderdome is going on around you, did you ever stop and think one time, I'm going to run for U.S. Senate one day. Actually, uh, my experiences with the criminal justice system is what rooted me to run for office. Uh, I said, well, you know, if you want to change the laws, you got to change the lawmakers. So I spent countless hours in the legal library. I spent a lot of time just kind of formulating a plan and seeing, you know, how it would go. So, you know, this is my fourth time running. Um, I've got no illusions that I'm going to win or anything, but I do like to get up and talk about issues that I feel like uh, sometimes Republicans and Democrats just want to gloss over because they're worried about re-election. They don't want to take on any controversial issues at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, can you do us a favor? Gary uh, Gary Nolan, who hosts Gary Nolan's show weekdays 9 to noon, he's got to be loving this right now. I'm loving it so much. Are you at a spot where if we put you on hold for like four minutes, we come back? Because I want to ask your opinion kind of on a local story that has to do. And since you, you have been in prison, this is maybe something you can relate with, sentencing guidelines. Can Are you able to hang out with a few minute, uh, for a few minutes with us? Sure. All right. Very cool. Uh, Jonathan Dine, Libertarian candidate for Senate, running against Trudy uh, and uh, Eric. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Schmidt also. When I- Those types of things, you know, it's. I think they they enjoy being here and they, and they appreciate that they've been able to get those those additional funds to that is charlie burke superintendent eugene schools governor parson uh who's actually he's going to be joining us tomorrow on a feel good friday governor mike parson hey feel good friday we think a successful um special session in jefferson city folks going to be seeing more money in their paychecks because of the tax cuts is it worth having uh, a politician on on the show on a feel good friday because our feel good fridays are a little different we're trying to back off the heavy political stuff but i think uh more money in your paycheck uh, i think that's reason to feel good yeah but governor parson has to be feeling good right he he set out some goals he said hey legislature this is what i would like you to do i we've got some issues on ag tax credit or ag tax credits and we got some issues on the yeah. um tax cuts and i'd like you to do that and facing a legislature that really hasn't been very cooperative or getting along and getting it done he's got to be feeling good and uh so big session biggest tax cuts uh, in uh, Missouri's at least recent history. Um, Yes. So in his uh, first radio station, of course, that he's talking to. Wake up in Missouri. Here on 93.9 The Eagle and News Radio 104.5 KWOS 950. Brandon Rather, Stephanie Bell, producer Hannah, Brian Housworth, John Marsh, Jonathan Dine, libertarian candidate for the United States Senate, running along with the Constitutional Party candidate, uh, Paul Van Abel, also, of course, Trudy Bush Valentine, and then Eric Schmidt. One of the things I wanted to ask you about, you're talking about, so you spent time in prison, and your time in prison and the BS that surrounded your case, that was one of the impetuses for you saying, you know what? I'm going to run for the United States Senate. Although you weren't thinking that while you were eating, uh, while you were eating um, uh, oatmeal every morning ramen. for breakfast and ramen noodles at the prison in uh, in in Boonville. We've got a case here earlier this week: a guy with uh, a record of assaulting a jail, uh, uh, yeah, county jail guard. He also has a record, been been convicted of stabbing a homeless man, shooting him with a paint gun, uh, gets out of prison like 30 days ago, pushes a young 24-year-old woman over the bridge, uh, kills her. And we don't know the story behind 
uh, you know, the four years in prison, a lot we don't know. But as a whole, because we see this as an incredibly um, hot topic nationwide. Toughness. These weak DA prosecu- these weak DAs and prosecutors, and uh, you know Garcetti. Let's let them out of prison. It'll be beautiful. They've been rehabilitated. Give them another chance. As a libertarian and as somebody who has been in prison, what's your take? You know, I think it really illustrates the disparity between sentencing for drug crimes and sentencing for violent crimes. You've got that Jeff Mazinski guy who was sentenced, mm-hmm. I think it was to life in prison here in Missouri for uh, selling some pot brownies. You know, it's to me, violent crimes and real criminals should be punished. They, you know, that's the, the proper role of government is to protect you from uh, criminal laws should be, viol- you know, violation of others' rights, you know. So when you look at something like that, they kick that guy out probably to make more room for drug arrests. You know, the real reasons the prisons and the jails and everything are bursting at the seams is because we're, we're arresting too many drug users. Uh, and I do need to mention this real quick. I should have mentioned this earlier. Several texts. Eastbound I-70 apparently completely stopped at the Rocheport Bridge. Somebody says there's a, a, like a FedEx driver talking to uh, law enforcement. Eastbound I-70 completely stopped at Rocheport, uh, Rocheport Bridge. I've got 30 seconds. Uh, I'm not being rude, but, you know, you don't have a chance. You have no money in your campaign. You have spent no money. You have uh, nothing and very likely no chance of winning. I wish that weren't.